Hey, what's up? What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Slizzy, coming to you with another State of the New York Knicks podcast, episode 102. I got my guy, the man, the myth, the legend in the building, my wonderful co-host, Mr. Mitchell from Down Under. How you doing, brother? We have not spoken for a couple of weeks. Um... I'm excited, man. We gotta talk some Knicks. It, it, it's a lot of topics today, man. This this might be a little controversial podcast, brother. <laughs> How you doing, brother? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. Uh, yeah, been been keeping up with obviously everything our front office has been doing yeah, uh, yes. through, through the last several weeks. And um, obviously, even though we're not in, I've been enjoying at least watching some basketball. Is it? You know, it's, it's been um, pretty good to watch. Um, so yeah, yeah, happy in that sense. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, to hell with it. Let's get right into it, bro. Because the last time me and you spoke, Tibbs was the coach, right? So since then, you know, we've been getting wonderful hires. You know, this morning it was announced that Brock Aller is adding another analytics person to his staff. Um, a female actually. And that is beautiful. Once again, James Dolan hiring people in his staff that I approve of. And I love it. Um, Her name, basically her name is Kelsey Roberts. And she was a former Heat and Pacers analytics intern. So the Knicks is going all in on analytics. I'm happy because I'm tired of us shooting up bricks. Um, I'm tired of us being last in the offense. I'm tired of us being last in the assist the past few years. I'm just tired of being sick and tired. And I need to see a proper offense. And I need to see proper spacing. So I'm happy about this hire. But the main thing we got to get at is the Kenny Payne hire, bro. I got, I got, I got so many notes on this guy and, and, and so much stuff on this guy. For example... I didn't know that him and World Wide West knew each other since the 80s back at Louisville. And even though Kenny Payne knew World Wide West when he was selling shoes, um, long-standing relationship, you know. Uh, t- tell me what you know about Kenny Payne, and then I could just read off some of the information that I got because I got a, I got a lot of notes here. So it's, it's, it's a, well, a lot of things I want to get into. But you could go ahead, <laughs> Well, 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 straight off the bat, when it pertains to Kenny Payne, I know um, he, he, uh, him his uh, connection to John Calipari, um, and and John Calipari came out recently and said he would have recommended Kenny Payne to be his successor at the at UK. Um, he was actually a little bit disappointed that that Kenny never got a head coaching job at at the coaching level. Um, he believes in his ability that much. Um, oh, can I say something real and, quick? To, to yeah. go into that, um, it's 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 crazy how Kenny Payne is the highest paid assistant head uh, assistant head coach, right, in college basketball, yeah. and he did not get an off. He didn't. He did not get a coaching offer from no no college basketball program. So that's another thing. You need more diversity in the college yeah. coaching ranks, and that's unforgivable. But continue, bro. And- and I, and I know Calipari, um, when I was reading something the other day, a bit of an interview with him uh, pertaining to Kenny Payne, he actually uh, referred to it as bittersweet um, and, and noted that, you know, it was it dis- disappointing that Payne never got the head coaching chance at college mm-hmm. level because 
in his belief, he believes Kenny Payne could run any program in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, so um, and he, he just um, he, he's very happy for him that he obviously he's just going to completely skip being a head coach, obviously in college, and he's going coming up to the big leagues. Um, yep. and, and he he was what uh, the highest. Um, the, one of the, the highest, highest paid, paid in college he, basketball. He, he was basically yeah. paid nine hundred k at the exactly. University of Kentucky. So Dolan had to open the, open his wallets, which Dolan never has a problem doing. And he paid Kenny Payne one point five million to be one of the highest paid assistant head coaches in the, in the NBA. So that means that he has. I I won't say he has a lot of. I I will say this: he's another chef in the kitchen who I trust. That's what I'm going to say. Continue. Yeah. And, um, I mean, during the past 10 years on Calipari's staff, um, he'd been in the coaching searches for spots at his alma mater, Louisville, uh, mm-hmm. and home state school, Mississippi State. Uh, mm-hmm. But he always decided to stay under John at Kentucky um, and, and learn under Calipari. Um, he, he himself uh, came out and said uh, when, when he got hired by, by us, um, he wants the Knicks to win. And he wants the Knicks to compete for a championship. Yep. Um, he wants that championship in New York. Um, and he's um, then Calipari also added that his overriding concern in this is Kenny Payne um, could 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 end up outdoing eventually even someone like Tibbs. He he goes <laughs> he's got that much ability because um, as I said, it comes back circles back to that statement he initially made where he believes that Kenny Payne could run any system in the in the country. So mm. um, that that's a big, big praise from one of the biggest and best college coaches from one of the best college programs um, outside of Duke. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's a, that's a very, very glowing endorsement. Um, Can I add from, from that, Harry? Can yeah. Add, real quick before you continue, you got to think of it like this too. Thibodeau is 62 years old. You don't know how long yeah. this man is going to coach. So he needs a successor, you know. Yeah. If, if, if anything goes wrong with Tibbs, you know the Knicks will be quick quick to employ Kenny Payne. But that's a conversation for another day. Um, another thing too, before you go, bro, he was also named a stepped up, a step up assistant coach, assistant coaches Hall of Fame class of 2020 with his track record of success, outstanding and significant. Contributions to the game, and I love this Kenny Payne hire. It was also noted from a Kentucky staffer that I was I was listening to Jonathan Macri podcast. Shout out to Nick Film School, appreciate you guys. Um, that Kenny Payne also knows Mitchell Robinson because Mitchell Robinson, who committed to Western Kentucky, was going to Kentucky for practices, and Kenny Payne and he worked out with Kenny Payne personally, and also. Kenny Payne knows R.J. Barrett through the recruitment process. So any yeah. top 10 prospect for the past decade has a connection to Kenny Payne. Go ahead, bro. Um, and, yeah, now that you brought up Mitch, um, I've got a, I've got an article here um, where, where they picked out four major areas where he, he, he could uh, be a really big help. The first one that they've run off the bat uh, for re- as four reasons why Kenny Payne is, is an important hire for us. Um, he's known as a big man whisperer. 
yes. having great success working with both Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Davis while yes. they were both at Kentucky. Um, in a recent article by The Athletic, um, you probably may have seen, Towns called Payne one of the key reasons behind Kentucky's success while mm-hmm. highlighting, highlighting his strength as a player development coach. And in the same article, AD credits Payne for developing um, his whole game uh, in the paint. So, um, you know, Mitchell, Rob- Mitchell Robinson, as we know, he's been a, a nice little success story for us uh, amid, amid our um, recent failures, obviously. Um, and, and he's blossomed into, um, since debuting, blossomed into a, a great defensive big man um, that does still, um, and I believe, have great potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Kenny Payne's going to be the man that's going to unlock that. Um, uh, another reason, they, uh, a second reason they think he's an important hire is um, is when it comes to the uh, big, big big money player in big market. Um, so where the next can, Knicks can uh, flex their big market strength is off the mm-hmm. court. Um, there's no salary cap in paying coaching executives. And we've seen uh, James Dolan's willingness to cut bait on expensive mistakes from Phil Jackson to most recently David Fisdale. Um, so if the Knicks overpay for a coach, it's not like jo- Joaquim Noah. Um, they aren't struck um, with a cap hit over several seasons that prevents them from hiring future talent. Um, and Fisdale will receive the remainder um, of his $22 million contract over the next three years. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. obviously recently hired uh, coach Thibodeau reportedly signed for a similar amount for five years. Kenny Payne, he's leaving Kentucky job where he was getting paid uh, 900000 a season as an assistant. Obviously, um, you know, for him to leave the position where he was comfortable and had success, um, you know, we, we've obviously made a very competitive offer. Um, and competitive. so, it, 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 <laughs> yeah, e- easily, you know. Um, so yeah, even despite the current, you know, sort of economic climate, as we look at it, um, you know, we're still invested in building a competitive basketball team and obviously, you know, Dolan's willing to, to pay what he can to have the right people here to, to be able to, um, achieve that. Um, and, and a third option. Can I throw something in there real quick while it's on my brain, brother? Another thing that about Kenny Payne, that's, that's, what can I say? Underrated. Kenny Payne is six eight. He's yeah. he 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 knows basketball. He's played basketball before, right? The Knicks had the smallest developmental staff in the NBA last season, along with David Fisdale, who is a shit coach. Excuse my language if you have kids listening to this, but David Fisdale had the smallest developmental staff last season. And for Scott Perry yeah. to sit there and lie to us and say. We're going to develop these kids by have the smallest developmental staff in the league. That's an indictment on Scott Perry. That's one thing I cannot forgive Scott Perry for. And it's a good thing that Kenny Payne is 6'8", and he can actually get on the court with Mitchell Robinson, with Julius Randle, with Kevin Knox, and, and teach these guys, Kenny Wooten, and teach these guys low post moves, a junk, a jump hook, pick and pop, a uh, 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 over the turn shoulder hook, like anything. Just my God, I'm, I hate Mitchell Robinson's offense. But that's a story for another day. Yeah. Go ahead, bro. And and now that you dropped another night name, it comes to a, a third. Another uh, well, the third reason they've listed here is to another important reason why he's the important hire. 
Kevin Knox's development. Now, obviously, he's the most obvious. Let's add Randall to that, brother. Even though I hate Randall guts, I hate his guts, but we got to add Randall to that, bro. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, And and, and obviously, as I was about to say, too, um, like the most obvious player um, who's set to gain from having the former Kentucky assistant along the sideline is going to be Kevin Knox. Yes, Uh, yes, yes. Uh, our lottery pick in 2018, he has a very strong relationship already with Kenny Payne um, from obviously his playing days at Kentucky. Um, so perhaps the, the two working together in New York can unleash some magic at the NBA level. Um, Payne himself recently told um, the New York Post that I read um, that he still believes Knox can thrive with the right people around him. His exact words were, and I quote, I think a new staff comes in and can evaluate what the kid is and tell him what he needs him to do. He's starting with a clean slate. There's no prejudging of who he is. He can go out and feel comfortable and do the things to help the team win. I think he's coming back with a new and different fire in his belly. With a little adversity, you can attain greatness. And he's been through it. Um, so that that's his little snippet and opinion right now of where Kevin Knox is at and what he mm-hmm. believes he can unlock. With Kevin so, Knox. So, 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 real quick, bro, I got some numbers for you about Kevin Knox, right? <laughs> Kevin Knox, right now on the team, he's he's actually third in the Knicks blocks percentage, right? Mitchell Robinson is first with eight point zero, like duh. And Kevin Knox is just behind Taj Gibson. Taj Gibson finished second at two point eight, and you know Kevin Knox is right after Taj Gibson. Another thing, Kevin Knox was. Let's be. I'm gonna be very honest. He's been terrible his first two years. If you look at advanced stats, his advanced stats do not favor Kevin Knox. He's he's been the he's he's actually the, the um, rated the worst NBA player these past two seasons. And we take any type of small improvements from Kevin Knox. For example, Kevin Knox on the court last season was a negative 11.3. My God. This season, yeah. it's more yeah. respectable to a negative 2.6. But we need we need more than that. We need more than that. Go ahead, bro. Uh, exactly. Exactly. And um, and, and, I be- and I believe they've got the right guy. As I said, he, he worked with Knox. He knows Knox from Kentucky days. Um, so if, if anybody is going to bring out the best in Kevin Knox and, and unlock what I believe still yet to be unlocked. It's it's going to be it's going to be Kenny Payne, um, and and just and this is the last thing I, I'd like to say with with Kenny um, and 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 what I'm liking seeing and why he's a good hire. Um, you know, there, there's two ways you can look um, or people can look at Leon Rose's approach to hiring since he's took over as as the president. Um, you can look at it one way that he's just hiring all of his best buddies. The second way you can look at it is he's hiring the best and the brightest. So, yes. you know, yes. as we all know, um, you know, most things in life, the reality is somewhere in between those two takes. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing in New, in New York, especially for our Knicks, um, you know, often t- we're often tied to the biggest names in sport. And, um, you know, while Tibbs qualifies as the name brand hire, uh, several of the additions to the Knicks uh, front office are people whose reputations are bigger inside the game of basketball than what's actually known to us fans or a lot of us fans. Yep. Um, for example, Walt Perrin was hired as a head 
of college scouting. The former Jazz executive is well-respected around the league and credited for identifying several of the key draft picks that have turned Utah into a top team. Brock Ola, uh, as you mentioned earlier, was hired to provide cap expertise. Another name, um, unfamiliar to most outside of the game, but credited with being integral in managing the Cavaliers' cap situation with yep. LeBron. Um, then we added, also added young scouting guru Alex Klein. And now he, uh, Leon's added Kenny Payne, his latest big name, slash no-named, to join the Knicks staff. Sure, he has, um, you know, we know he's got the strong relationship with William Wesley um, and it was easy to connect the dots for why they're both now in New York. But if anything, that speaks more to the power of our new front office in having strong relationships with the, some of the game's premier talent. Um, and, and I really believe Leon is assembling a staff of people who aren't just headline grabbers, but legitimately have respect within their profession, in their abilities to excel at the jobs. Um, and that is more important than worrying about precious relationships to Rose from his time at CAA. Uh, CAA. <laughs> we, all, we all know CAA going to run the Knicks like a mob, man. <laughs> we know oh, yeah. Already. This, is, yeah. This, this is something we expected. Like, <laughs> Like, are we surprised by this? Are we? Yeah. Um, it's like that. Uh, you know, I think I think we both said it as well. It's like a, it's a mafia mentality. <laughs> <laughs> Straight mafia. One last person though, and this is this is a guy who I've slandered countless times in Julius Randle. I've slandered him about his spin move turnovers. I slandered him about his 27% from three, shooting over 253s this season, not sharing the ball, hogging the ball. But let's place in context about Julius Randle, right? He put up 19 and nine, right? Good box stats. He had a below 500 um, effective field goal rate, right? <coughs> below 500%, 50%, whatever, right? Julius Randle, is an enigma because I need Kenny Payne to hone in on Julius Randle's strengths, right? I was a huge fan, huge fan of Julius Randle when he was in college and he broke Kentucky's record for rebounding. I was a huge fan of Julius Randle, right? So I'm not going to sit here and talk bullshit to you, bro, or talk bullshit to these Knicks fans saying that, oh, Julius Randle's just a straight-up scrub. When he's not, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna be fair because no. he's not a scrub. We both, we, he's no. not a scrub. No. It's just he was used in the wrong roles. He was used in a role and, that was supposed to be for RJ Barrett. Randall needs yeah. to be, and, and 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 it's not even a role. It's the roster construction as well. Well, which yeah. is another indictment and, on Scott Perry. But Randall, my ideal position for him moving forward is backing up Mitch at the five. He's a small ball five in today's yeah. NBA because oh. he cannot shoot that well. Go ahead. Oh. I, I was going to say, and, 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 and you know, as soon as I say what I'm about to say, I've said it many, many, many times. I said it when we initially signed him. If we play him the same way New Orleans played him with an actual proper point guard, and he's even if you still play him at the four, but he's just straight out playing the four role, not trying to be a point for you know, just straight out power forward, do what you got to do, and let the point guard do his thing. 
it worked. Look, look, that's what I think that's it what did. It made, did. made us want to sign him. We were sitting there. Yeah, he was doing double doubles and everything. He was that's the perfect spot. And as you said, his other perfect spot is like you said, a small ball center. So if you just play him as a straight out power forward or small ball center and have your point guard doing their thing and running the show, that's where he's good. That's where he gets his rebounds and he and his points, you know. And um granted, yeah, I, I'd love his his shot to get better. Um I know he practices on it. Um, and, and I know it's funny because I say the same thing about Mitch. I watch both of them and they can nail threes like no tomorrow in practice. But when it comes to the court oh and game goodness. time, um, one of them decides that he doesn't even want to take the shot. <laughs> and Julius, Julius just, yeah, for some reason has the worst of damn luck, obviously, because, you know, he's he's got a defender in front of him, unlike on a, on a training court where he's just, you know, just shooting hoops. So, mm-hmm. uh you know, so it's a lot, a lot different situation in that regard. But I'd, I'd like to hope that you know, out of the two of them, at least Julius, obviously, because he's a little bit further, uh, a lot further on, really, uh, in his development. That, that hopefully that shot will come around, and and we can start, you know, we can start sort of nailing a few from mid range and three. You know, I'm not, I'm not expecting him to be like, like a, you know, you know, like a Laurie Markinen or something when he's mm-hmm. on five from behind. But you know, it'd just be nice if you can knock down the odd odd one or two from mid range or three, um, and just play you know in the paint mainly because he he is good at that. Like I've seen him do it, um, Kentucky, and like how I've seen him play in New Orleans because he was played the right way in the yes. right situation. Yes, you he know? played good. This is this is what we loved about him even before he came, he got here. He played good basketball when he was in New Orleans. Great basketball. Yeah. But like the combination he had with with Drew Holiday mm-hmm. worked wonders. It, it, it yeah. worked wonders. It was seamless. Yeah. It, it was seamless. It, it's just, you know, he was he was put in the wrong role, right? Exactly. Exactly. If 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 Randall, if, I'm gonna put it like this: on the championship roster that I envision, if Randall is your fifth option. You're a great, you're a damn good team. You're a damn yeah. good team. And R- Randall yeah. coming off the bench with Frank Nilakina is a lethal combo. I, I, I can, I can see the vision. I just don't see the Mitchell Robinson and Randall front court. That is, that is two no. thousands no. basketball. That is not twenty twenty basketball. I don't want to see that front court. See, it, it would, it like, and, and I think I've said this to you before. It would be different, and it would probably work better if one of them was consistent from long range, so that could stretch the floor. And because they both sort of play in the paint and the similar games in that regard, well, from what we both have seen so far, you've basically got the same guy out there, just one's taller than the other, really. Um, mm-hmm. And the other thing is, well, we know um, that one, one another area that I think, because I have seen at times Randall's defence is good, and you mm-hmm. can say, yeah, it's passable. But then other times you sit there and go, oh, my God, what's going on here? So Mitch, I think, uh, you know, shown to be the more uh, consistent defender, you would say, out of the two of them. So I'd like to see Julius tighten that up. And I think if you put him in the right role, like he was in New Orleans, his defense actually does look better when he's not having to do more than what he should. (laughs) So, you know, I, I like... Don't get don't don't get me wrong. 
I, I hated Julius Randle. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I hated him all season, yeah. right? But yeah, I've been, I, I warmed up to the idea of Julius Randle because of Kenny Payne. Like, all the yeah. big men swears by Ken, Kenny Payne. For example, right? Yeah. Uh, Let's go to Kentucky, right? Nick Richards, when he first got to Kentucky, he was not a good big man. He couldn't shoot, couldn't play defense, had a bad work ethic. Kenny Payne took Nick Richards under his wing. And Nick fans, don't be don't be upset if Nick Richards is on our radar for our second round pick in this upcoming draft. Because Kenny Payne had a lot to do with his success in Nick Richards' sophomore season. You got a guy like PJ Washington, who might be first team all rookie because of Kenny Payne. The big man whisperer, you know? So, you, yeah. you, you got yeah. guys like Nerlens Noel, Willie Cully-Stein, Skyler Bossier, Bam Adebayo, De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk, Kevin Knox, Tyler Hero, Keldon, Keldon Johnson. You know, it, it, it's – and then Kenny – Mr. Payne has a knack for recruiting, right? So, look at, yeah. the, look at, yeah. look at the Kentucky recruitment class – 2011, 2012, 2013, 2016, 2017, 2020, all ranked number one in the country. So this man can recruit. He he, he can yeah. do his job. But yeah. recruiting isn't his thing. I'm worried about developing the kids. I need these kids to freaking develop. That's what I'm focused on. Yeah, exactly. And and see, um, like like you mentioned, um, the other the other new hire, uh, Kelsey Roberts. Now, you know, obviously a lot of people probably don't know too much about her. And, and, and the reason I'll, I'll touch back on her and um, bring her back up is um, with what you're, what you're talking about now, about development and, um, you know, smarts and everything like that. Now, she she's noted for, uh, obviously, she created um, what's it, something called a SQL databases. Um mm-hmm. Very analytics, where where it was like a structured query language, basically exists as a way to link and search through databases more easily. So she she did that both at the Miami Heat paces. She also um, is known to be the invaded across all aspects of basketball operations with the paces, um, and which which sounds promising because the Knicks haven't been a team known for their robust basketball innovations uh, behind the scenes. Um, you know uh, their approach is usually trended more towards the old school eye test type of decision making whereas now with these new hires I guess they're gonna uh, uh, sort of outside thinking outside the box type thing and, and new ways of thinking instead of sticking to sort of like one track minded old system ways like they had done um, she, she improved um, analysis and reporting by creating and automating processes for future interns and with the analytics department so basically laying down the groundwork uh, for the future um, is going to be important in her job description for, for us. Um, you know, I'd love to um, believe, you know, that, that she can get us all on the right track um, and get the, uh, you know, sort of reputation built back up is, is what she's going to be helping with there as well. Um, and, yeah, so she, all the hires so far have been spot on and perfect. Spot on. Um, spot on. Yeah. I don't think I've seen a, a good collection of uh, smart, bright, uh, you know, uh, future forward thinking 
people be put together uh, 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 for, for our front office in, in such a long, long, long time. Um, and, yeah, one, once it's all settled, the dust settles and we're all clicking and on the, on the same page in the same book, uh, yeah, it, it, things can only get more positive and, and keep moving on the up and up, um, which, which a lot of us are going to turn around and say it's about damn time. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so quick. Now that I, I guess we gotten everything about Kenny Payne, we both we both salute the high. I guess we both agree on that. I want to throw something at you before we before we uh, talk about you know Scott Perry and Sacramento real quick. One through ten, and I want you to be really honest. I just watched Donovan Mitchell score fifty seven points. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I just watched Michael Porter Jr. dominate the bubble. He didn't even dominate, but he produced great numbers. Yeah, yeah. One through ten, do how much with ten being the highest regret, one being the l- l- lowest. What is your regret about drafting Frank Nilakina over Donovan Mitchell? <laughs> one through ten. Just be honest. Okay, one through ten. I'm going to go. I'll say about it, like a six point five or a a seven, right? Uh Purely because, purely because, you know, at the end of the day, at least on one side of the ball, we know Frank's, you know, solid, as solid as a rock when it comes to defense. But you know, as a as a whole player, as an all round game. Um, when you look back and and go, we picked him over Donovan Mitchell. Oh. I mean, a lot of teams, but a lot of teams picked, made a lot of silly picks over Donovan Mitchell too. Um, but you yeah, know, the media it, it, don't give a damn about them other teams, man. <laughs> no, nah, <laughs> no, nah, they only care about our cho- choices. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, I'd be saying about a seven. Um, you know, as I said, I I won't go higher than that, only because. Um, we know Frankie on the defensive end. Well, I mean, you know, he deserved a big pick, and and any any team should be lucky to have him when it comes to defense, just because of we know how many people he can cover because he's so long um, and stuff like that. But yeah, obviously, we all know too that the the rest of his game um, oh. is sort of not non-existent. <laughs> so, so it's funny how you said defense, right? I hate advanced. I, I hate advanced statistics, bro. I hate it. I hate yeah. the analytic. I hate all of that dumb, nerdy stuff, bro. Because notice how you say oh. defense, right? Guess Frank is ranked 274th in defensive rating. Guess who's ranked 273rd? Donovan Mitchell. So when we talk about <laughs> defense, yeah. it, it, it's like yeah. some stats is just so flawed. I'm going to be honest with you, bro. Before I watched that game, it was about a four. After watching that game, it went to about an eight nine, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because don't get me wrong, Phil Jackson. He said he was a six one six foot one shooting guard. That was a huge, huge mistake. And I love Frank Nilakina to death. But yeah. when you got a guy who averaged twenty points in his first four seasons. And, and on that list, you see LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony. It is no way you can refute that. And I love Frank Nilakina, but I'm at an eight or nine with that, bro. I am so devastated 
that. Yeah, and and, and it is. I'm it, devastated, it, bro. I'm devastated. Yeah, I'm devastated. It, I, I was just gonna say, and it is because. I mean, could, now that we sit back, could you imagine that pairing him and RJ with the way but, RJ? But, no, oh, no. I mean, before you go there, be logical. We wouldn't even be bad that bad enough to get RJ. Remember, we still have Porzingis in this scenario. Yeah, well, that that that's true too, and that you know, obviously pertaining health with Porzingis again, another good combination. Oh, I've seen how he's gone on, and he when when he's on the court with Dallas, his combo oh. with Luca. Oh, I mean, they, they, oh, those two alone could destroy any team. Oh, you know, they're, they're that good. And I had a feeling that they would combine really well, uh, you know, uh, especially because both coming from, Europe, you, you know, the European leagues and stuff like that. So I had a feeling they, they kind of would hit that instant connection. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just, that's another one. Like, I knew... He wanted he wanted out, and he he put us in a corner where we, we had to trade him out. But I I still think we should have maybe waited and looked, yes, tried to look bro. from the trade. Yes, bro. I'm, trade. I'm still it, salty, bro. I'm salty. It, it didn't pan out. It yeah, it didn't pan out with the player we got back in return. I'd say yeah, okay, we still we still managed to get our fair share of picks, but the the player that was an integral part of it has completely lopped. Um, Mister Poutman. So, Pout man who yeah. pouted on the bench yeah. and didn't want to give Frank Nilakina a dap after the crowd yeah. shouted Frank Nilakina name and Frank tried to be a good sportsmanship. Man, I, I've been done with DSJ months ago, brother. I'm, yeah, I, I, I think I'm, I and I'm pretty and I'm pretty sure I was done with him before you, brother. Because <laughs> <laughs> so. I, I just I just like had this gut feeling from from college only because of a, a few things I kept noting like one the way he lands on on his dunks I'm like oh he's not going to last too long if he keeps doing that um <laughs> and just like he, his vision would just be like all over the shop and yeah you know like he, he wasn't really making his team that much better like yeah okay he was padding his stats for his college team but he did, he did they didn't get anywhere I mean you know so um, and, and like he had that, that one good season with Dallas. Um, and then, you know, he, he, then he sort of started declining and that's where they were like, oh, well, we'll go with Luca. And, you know, and, and it seems like you're, you're pairing with someone, you try to go, well, we're going to pair with this. We could see this could work out, you know. And then, then he just chucks a hissy fit, you know, like a <laughs> bat, you know what I mean? Like, oh, it should be about me type thing. It's like, dude, look, you, you need to combine with someone. And then once you combine with someone, you get that combination, then you take off. I mean, all the best have had that that tandem, you know, mm-hmm. as far as, you know, like Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, you know, like, for example. So, and he's so, just, I don't know, for, for me, I just get this impression that he thinks it should all be about him and he just hasn't mm-hmm. been able to connect with anybody or or even even want to share the spotlight or something with somebody. Um, hey, man, at the end of the day, screw that. Like, we should be winning championships. That's what you should be worried about. Don't, don't worry about no spotlight. The spotlight oh, will yeah. come. Yep. You know? Of course the spotlight's going to come because if you're winning and you're winning championships, well, the spotlight's on you. The whole world's focused on you, you know? So that, that would come to him if he just, yeah, could stop just – Getting all Outing. up in his feelings, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, so brother, let's go to let's go to Michael Porter Jr. Right, kid is averaging, I believe, twenty four and nine in the bubble. I watched all of the Denver games. Right, for me, yeah. it's like a two. Michael Porter, 
he's cool. He's going to be a great talent. But it was a couple plays I seen today where he had no lift off of the ground. His back still it, it's still like he's getting used to playing, you know. Yeah. I mean, he's going to yeah. be a great player, but 10 out of 10, I don't care I I I don't care how Nick fans view view about this opinion that I have. I'm taking Kevin Knox every time. Mikael Bridges yeah. and Miles Bridges, they're both older than Kevin Knox. They neither have shown star potential. Kevin Knox has made more threes than both of them in both of their, in their first season and second season combined. He has more threes than both of them, you know? And yeah, yeah. You, you talk about you talk about the potential. You talk about the ceiling. Kevin Knox's ceiling is just so much higher than both of theirs. And the kid is ju- the kid just turned twenty one, so I'm not really mad about the Michael Porter Jr. thing. I'm not really nah. mad, so I give it a two. The, I'm not mad. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that because if if let's just put it this way, if things had been different and he didn't injure his back like he did, uh, and and it wasn't going to cause him constant thing, yeah, you'd you'd definitely put the number high because you'd go, oh damn, yeah, I'd be taking him over Kevin Knox if he was if if you didn't have that risk there. There's always going to be that risk there with with his back problem, and I'm pretty sure too, if I'm not mistaken, the other thing that was red flagged for a lot of team when it came to his back issue is apparently his family history of injury sort of issues. Mm. Um, with his parents as well. Uh, so, you know, as great as he could be, I actually think his back's going to limit him from actually fully realising his his full potential, to be quite honest. I mean, Michael Porter Jr., is going, he's going to be a good player. He's going to be a good player. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm on the fence. Let's wait and see for Kevin Knox. I'm on. I'm on the fence with that. I will. I will live and die by that saying. I'm. I'm good with that. And and the other. Well, uh, the other reason I, I I I'm agreeing with you on that and get behind you on that too is, uh, like you said, he he is is he he's still younger than Michael Porter, isn't he? Yeah, he's twenty. Yeah, yeah, he's still younger than yeah, Porter. So he's younger still, and um and like John Calipari always said, he was just he he's going to be really good. You just have to. He's just going to take a little bit more time than other. I think Michael Porter's sort of at a point where, uh, you know, he might get slightly a bit better, but I'm pretty sure, you know, what you see is what you're going to probably get throughout his NBA career. Where, as I keep saying, um, and now we might actually have the the key to unlock Kevin Knox with Kenny Payne. I, I don't think Kevin Knox has really shown. Um, any of his potential yet because, you know, like like we've discussed, he was put in the, in the wrong spots or asked to do, you know, something that he probably shouldn't have been asked to do on the court at that point in time and then, you know, just putting him on the court with the wrong combinations and didn't have a great point guard, um, you know. So there was all those kinds of factors really that have been going against him. Now they brought someone from his college that's worked with him before so Kenny Payne knows better than anybody on that Nick star how John Calipari himself used Kevin Knox and utilized Kevin Knox at Kentucky. I have this feeling he's going to go straight to Leon and go, "This is how you play Kevin Knox. You play Kevin Knox like this, you get the you, you get the University of Kentucky, Kevin Knox." I want the University of Kentucky Julius Randle. God damn it! I'm more. I'm oh more yeah, Ju- yeah, Universe, yeah. Knox. I, I need Randle to play better than what he did last season. 
that high. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't even respect Mitchell Robinson's record-breaking season. I mean, it's cool, but you did it in twenty a 21-win season. You didn't attempt a jump shot, and it's like, bro, yeah. expand your game. But this is why yeah. I love the hire of Kenny Payne. I love that yeah. hire. Let me ask you a question, brother. You know, Vladi Divac stepped down from Sacramento. Yep. You know, he stepped down. You know you're going to hear the whispers of Scott Perry going back to Sacramento. Well, I will pay Scott Perry. Scott Perry's plane ticket to Sacramento, pack his bags for him, <laughs> and I will ship him out of there myself. Um, is RJ is is RJ Barrett untradeable to you? The reason why I ask this question is because I've seen a guy say, "Oh, we could give out we could give our lottery pick and RJ Barrett for De'Aaron Fox," which I think is effing stupid, by the way. But if you if I know this is a tough subject, but the hell with it. We're going to talk about it. If you had to trade R.J. Barrett, and I don't want to trade him. I love R.J. Barrett. But if you had no choice right now, who would you trade R.J. Barrett for? If, if oh, you, yeah. If you well, had, I can, I can you tell you one person. A knife to your neck. A knife to your neck, and you're forced to. The hell with it. Who would you, have to, who would you trade him for? Right now, I'd have to say Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> no questions about. You know what? If, if there was, go ahead. Go if, on. We, if we, yeah, if we, if we all woke up and we saw headlines saying he's asked for a trade out of Utah, oh, I'd do it then straight up. I'd do it then. I'd, I'd have to make up for that mistake. I'd, I'd do it then straight because you know he he's proven that what what he can do and and he's he does actually run some most of the offense a lot of the time through him too which he he's done exceedingly well um so yeah that would be the only person right now like I agree with you. I wouldn't I wouldn't do it for DRN Fox um because he's a, he still I still, still think finding his way you know he he's sort of up and down up and down but yeah Donovan Mitchell like a player of that caliber oh yeah you, you, so, so, you so, you'd have to do it. so for me for, for me personally, um, Giannis and I say Devin Booker. I'm higher on Devin Booker than I am Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, um, yeah, I could see that. And in a trade for Devin Booker, I think I would give up RJ Barrett. But in a trade for yeah. Donovan Mitchell, I think I would bulk. I, I think I would. I would gladly give him this year's lottery pick. And I might give him next year's lottery pick because next year's and, lottery and, and, pick is, is more valuable. Go ahead. And I was about to pull up the other name you mentioned there. No, 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 no. He's got he's got a year left, bro. We're not doing mellow again. If any fact, that's understandable. That's understandable. Wait, yeah, wait who's talking Donovan Mitchell or, or, or no Gian, Giannis? Oh, Giannis. Oh, we could wait. Yeah. But here's the thing. Here's the caveat, though. This is. If the Knicks is smart, if you can see, I hate talking trades, bro, because it, it, it makes me emotional. I don't I don't want to do no trades. I wanna I wanna stick to organic rebuild, but we gotta be yeah. realistic. We wanna win. We, we you gotta put a winning roster together. This roster has no talent. I had to watch no. Alfred fucking Payton dribble the ball up for five months. Screw that. But <laughs> <laughs> but back to the conversation at hand. 
Damn, y'all forgot my yeah. train of thought, man. Thinking about this. Yeah, no, well, what, what I was saying, yeah, if, if it was for Giannis, I, I'd just wait the year and pair him with, with RJ. I'd be oh, like, oh, yeah, this, I'll, this I'll be what I was going at. Real quick, this is what I was going at. This is my plan, right? If the Knicks are smart, you would try to get Donovan Mitchell or Devin Booker in the building, right? With yeah. RJ Barrett, right? Before yeah. 2021 free agency start. So you can go yeah. to the table and you say, hey, look, I got Donovan Mitchell and I got RJ Barrett, or I got I got RJ Barrett and I got Devin Booker. Giannis. Yeah. Pick your teammates. You pick yeah. your teammates. That, you yeah. you going to him with two guys who he could be like, okay, I could go to war with those two. And Tibbs is the coach. Come on now. Come on, man. Yeah. And 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 now that I'm thinking about it too, now because I beat obviously keeping an eye on all this uh Devin Booker noise I keep hearing. And and a lot of people in agreeance. The man's suffering out there. He needs to get the <laughs> hell out of Arizona now. Um, you gotta stop your Draymond Green tactics, man. You gotta, you gotta yeah. stop tampering, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, and with his, uh, you know, obvious CAA connections, I, I have a fear on feeling Leon is definitely going to be on, on that in on that if if he says, "Yeah, I, I need out. I want out." Um, I'm, and and. That's tough, man. That's tough. And having Leon, having Leon, having Leon have that connection, I, I, I would not be surprised if he gets win that that Devin wants wants to be traded out of there. Oh, I think he gets in on it and see what he has to give up to try and bring him in. Yeah, I'm see see me. I want an organic rebuild, right? But I don't yeah. want a Carmelo Anthony trade part two. That's what I'm no, afraid no, about. No. I'm afraid about emptying yeah. the cover for a trade, and then we don't have no more assets. But if you tell exactly. me right now, if we go to the table and we got Donovan Mitchell or we got R.J. Barrett or we got Don, or we got Devin Booker and R.J. Barrett, I'm pretty sure another guy, uh, another superstar, would, uh, another superstar would come. Now, the, my framework for Donovan Mitchell trade, I'm trying to. I'm trying to do everything in my power to keep RJ Barrett on my roster. To the point where I'm do you, like, do you? Now this is. I'm just going to say, do you think you would have to include RJ? I'm just going to throw this out there: RJ in a trade for either Devin Booker or uh, Donovan Mitchell. If you say the first two names you rolled out in a package for either is Kevin Knox and Mitchell Robinson, would you even have to include RJ then, with those two being included? I feel like. The I feel like the 2021 pick is more is more is a better asset than both Kevin Knox and Mitchell Robinson, and for the Utah to be interested in Mitchell Robinson, I feel like they would have to trade. They would basically have to tear down the roster if they if they yeah. Trade and, and and I, I I have to agree with you. I think Phoenix would probably jump a little bit more on it because they've been lacking a bloody decent center for a while. And no 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 Phoenix, I, Phoenix I still don't, don't need him. Have you seen DeAndre Ian, brother? That that man is a monster, brother. I, I I just love I just have this feeling because I've heard a bit of talk from them. They they've been trying for a little while to look for like a a twin towers type of thing going on. Um. And I don't know if that'd be a good combination or not for Aiton no. and Hell. Mitchell Robin. <laughs> um, 
because I don't. Uh, even though I've been, uh, I've been keeping an eye on him. I don't know how good or how often Aiton actually takes a shot or any type of shot attempt from behind the arc. No, no here's the thing. He's been taking shots behind the arc in the bubble. I've been, I've been watching. Yeah. I've been watching all these teams. I believe DeAndre Aiton is average. I think he averaged twenty-two <laughs> and nine in the bubble, and he also hit a couple threes in the bubble too. So he's oh, well, that's the three point line now. It, 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 it's just like college now with DeAndre Ayton. I I just I just feel like Phoenix is not an option because Devin Booker has multiple years left on his contract. Now I can see a scenario where Devin Booker, I mean, where uh Donovan Mitchell, right? You know, yeah. you know the, the George Floyd thing, you know Black Lives Matter movement, you know, you 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 know. I've read the comments under his page whenever he tries to support the Black Lives Matter movement or whenever he supports, you know, Breonna Taylor, uh, arrest her killers, by the way. But whenever he tries to support certain things, you see the you see the comments under his Twitter page. It's like, my God. And you look at that Utah roster. It's a it's it's not really a high ceiling on that roster, especially if your second best player is Rudy Gobert and he has no offensive move in sight. And then I picture this scenario: if Utah gets swept and Donovan Mitchell balls out, I believe he will ask for a trade for the underhand trade, a trade that does not get out to the media, a trade that. A, a, a go under the rug and it would just happen like boom Donovan Mitchell's traded but I think that will only happen if and this is just an if Donovan Mitchell gets swept out this first round this year uh, and I believe it will happen yeah and and if I'm not mistaken is um I'm pretty damn sure I'm right on this he is from our neck of the woods isn't he yeah yeah Donovan Mitchell from New York yeah yeah, yeah. So I, I could, I could um, see him wanting to come in. I've actually think I've heard him only, only once, to my knowledge, that I, I remember him actually saying this, that he he could um, envision himself one day playing for the Knicks. So, um, yeah, hey, I, I, if if he wants out, and it's one, you know, will be probably at the top of his list. Uh, yeah, you got to do it. You've got to do it. Um, <laughs> and see what it takes to do it. Like I don't want to do it, bro. But God damn it, bro, you gotta do it, man. You can't. And then the the other good thing you gotta admit the other good thing is he's not he's not too old himself. Um, he's, not. he's still got a hell of a lot of years left in him. So it's not like you'd be trading for someone that was near thirty, you know. So that's that's you know you got to look at it from the positive in that regard. Yeah, we 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 we'd have you know, like you said we'd have to trade probably RJ out for him but at least the age gap isn't too dramatic and you can still build around you know Donovan because he's still youth he's still classed as youthful you know a young a young vet I guess you could say yes I'm 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 so, I'm so confident in the Donovan RJ Barrett pairing or, or I'd love RJ it. Barrett I, Booker pairing I'm very confident in that I'm yeah Thursday is the NBA lottery August 20th. I've been yeah. predicting on on Twitter and everywhere. We're going to get a top two pick. I'm also intrigued at an Anthony Edwards, R.J. Barrett pairing as well. I'm very intrigued in that. 
very, very, very intrigued in that parent. Um, I don't want to get in. I don't want to get into the lottery right now. What I will say is this: We won the twenty-seven pick of the Clippers draft. I mean, the, the Clippers draft pick. Shout outs to my guy Mook. Um, my guy Mook too. Shout outs to that um first round pick, brother. I appreciate it. Now the twenty-seven pick, right? Let me, I'm gonna give you some names right now. Jordan. Oh, oh, oof, not Jordan Crawford. Oof, sorry. Rudy Gobert, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Larry Nance Jr., Pascal Siakam, Kyle Kuzma, Robert Williams, Mumfundu, Kim Cabagelli. Oh, I hope I didn't butcher his name. But those are some of them, some names that. And you know, you know, you know with that pick. Go ahead. Uh, there, there, there's one name that you said the 27th pick you're talking about. Yeah, hey, one name that stands out, and because of who you're talking about, that I would think that we should go for would be Vernon Carey Jr. Ooh, ooh, no, don't don't give no names. Let let's save it for Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a name for you. I I love Jaden McDaniels, but he's going to be a project. Yes. I, yes. I, I, I love Jaden McDaniels. Um, I want your prediction right now. So everybody who listens to this pod tonight and tomorrow, I, w- I want a prediction, man. What draft pick we getting, brother? So, okay, what draft pick at the top you talk about, yeah? What draft pick we getting, brother? I, I need to know right now on State of New Ooh. York, you got to tell me right now what draft pick we getting, brother. I, I have a feeling it's going to be one or two. It won't be. I, I have a feeling it won't be below that. I have a feeling we're going to get one of the top two picks, oh. one or two. So we won't be. We won't be picking three. We won't be picking four. We won't be picking five. It'll be first or second. You know why I agree with you? I just watched the New York Liberty get the number one pick. I just yep. watched. Um, who, New, New York, York Rangers. Rangers. I just watched them get the number one pick. According to where's my where's my data? According to you know sources, right? If the if if this thirty five point seven million in distribution represents CBA money, ordinarily split fifty fifty between owners and player salary, we can tease out an expected salary cap reduction in twenty. 2021. That is our salary cap now minus 17.85 million. So round it off. Whatever the cap is now, that's minus 18 million. Brother Adam Silver has this love agenda with small market teams and is not doing his business any justice. Stop sending the best goddamn fucking prospects to these small market teams for them to die over there for seven fucking years and for them just to get asked to get traded out to go to a big market team. You know how you saw that, yeah. Adam Silver? You give them the you give the Knicks a top two fucking pick. That's that's how you solve that. You give the Pistons a top three pick because they dying over there too. We deserve it, brother. We had to watch. Yeah. We yeah. had to watch a manual. Let's let's before we get off the podcast, bro. This I hate when people talk about um the Knicks shooting. 
Because I don't blame the kids for the shooting. I don't blame them. I blame the guys upstairs who put these rosters, these terrible rosters together. Yeah, exactly. Brother, I had to watch Trey fucking Burt, Jarrett Jack, play <laughs> major minutes over my fucking lottery pick and Frank Nelikina. Mind you, Phil Jackson got fired the day after, so Phil Jackson couldn't even fulfill his destiny that he wanted to see with, with Frank Nelikina. So, it ain't on Frank. I blame Frank Nilakina too, because you need to be more aggressive. I'm tired of arguing about a guy who averages six fucking points. This guy averaged six fucking points and has the biggest cult following I've seen in a while. So you need to, he needs to produce too. But at the same time, you draft projects with the lowest developmental staff in the league, Scott Perry. But I blame that on Phil Jackson. I'm not going to blame the Frank Nilakina pick on Scott Perry. You play, you play my four, bro. I'm ranting, but I, I gotta get the, get this off my chest. You play, <laughs> you play Trey Burke, Jared fucking Jack over Frank Nelikina. Okay, understandable. 2018, you play Emmanuel Moutier and Trey Burke over Frank Nelikina almost the whole damn season for Moutier and Trey Burke to leave for Moutier for today who should have been the starting point guard, who was still coming off the bench, and Utah decided to start one of their own roster projects today. A guy I don't even know his goddamn name. So Fizdale got Moutier right for him to leave. This season, I had to fucking watch Alfred Payton 20% from three, the so-called best, Nick point guard since Jason Kidd, dude's been telling me. I had to watch Alfred Payton have R.J. Barrett clap for a ball from his point guard in the corner. I don't ever want to see that again. I need a point guard. The disrespect that Adam Silver has been showing the Knicks. My God. Go ahead, brother. I'm, I'm done, bro. Uh-uh. And, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't disagree with anything you've just said, especially when it's a known fact that um, and and I'm granted. I know in his position he can't be biased or look biased, but we all know that he's a Knicks fan. <laughs> so <laughs> um, it's actually surprising me that you know he doesn't sort of at least go. Oh, well, I'm going to try and help the help 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 my team slightly without you know making it seem like I'm uh, being objective or biased or anything like that. So. Um, I have a feeling still, even though even though with everything, I mean, uh, he, he probably wouldn't let it known on stage. But if, if we if the balls bounce and we got number one, I have that feeling the man would go backstage into a room somewhere and just ah! <laughs> with, with pleasure, uh, you know, and, and happiness because he, he'd be over the moon. Um, but yeah, we 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 need luck. I have a feeling, uh, you know, Lady Luck might be on our side this time around too. Um, you know, I've noticed things in the past too um, with how we were just talking about, you know, uh, the, the Liberty got the number one pick. The, the Rangers mm-hmm. got the number one pick for mm-hmm. New York. And in the past, I've noticed when, a, especially with a major city, um, you know, I, I, I've seen in the past like a, a, the Cubs have gotten in Chicago, like the Cubs have gotten a number one pick. And at the same time in the same year, the, 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 uh, Bulls got our number one pick, and it's I don't know. It just seems to be a trend. Like uh, you know, the other sports teams in in your area get the number one pick, and generally 
you know, um, you know, most of them get the number one pick, or at least, you know, sort of up at the top of the of their drafts. Um, so yeah, both both the Rangers and the Liberty getting the number one pick. Uh, yeah, hopefully third's the charm, and and the Knicks become the third New York team to get the number yeah. one pick all in the time run. I don't ever you know. want to watch Alfred Payton in a Nick uniform like ever again. My God, Damn. we've seen many teams too. Um, like, like we all know, we we haven't had a number one pick since uh, what was Patrick Ewing. So yeah it's it's been a long time uh so i think i think it's a bit uh past due for for us to be read uh, our name to be read out you know for the number one pick uh we've, we've sat here and watched you know cleveland get it several times we've sat here and watched a, a chicago get it and new orleans and yeah, boston, everybody else boston got yeah. it philly got boston. it everybody yeah. every major market got the number one pick the timberwolves got a number one pick like God damn the Phoenix Suns, yeah. and then you yeah. notice a trend. A lot of the, the the teams that Alfred Payton has played for these past two three years, you know, both of them got the number one pick in the Phoenix Suns and New Orleans Pelicans. And how about hey. Julius Randle? You know, he yeah, and I was they got the number one pick. I was kind of sitting there thinking that I was like, well, if Alfred Payton's going to do anything good before <laughs> before he gets shipped out. <laughs> Just keep him on the roster long enough because he seems to have uh, bring good luck when it comes to uh, the number one pick. <laughs> um, so I, I guess we got into everything, man. I get, we we could save the draft talk for for the for, for the lottery special because that that's gonna be a goodie. The, uh, the next part is gonna be a goodie. But any, any last words for the people before we get out of here, brother? I, I guess we got into everything today. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, I hope everyone's been enjoying the bubble. Um, yeah, we haven't been playing in it, but it's just been good to see basketball come shout back. Shout out to Carmelo uh, Anthony. Yeah, sh- yeah, definitely big shout outs to to former our former Nick and Nick. Nick I'll always call Nick great. Uh, doing so well over in Portland. Um, playing phenomenal defense while we're on the subject too. Yes, he um, is. He's been- He's been getting interviewed everywhere lately about, and they've been constantly on about his defense. So, yeah, he's definitely uh, quite those doubters for sure. <coughs> um, and and uh, just before I leave off the subject, Mel, I wish him all the best, and um, I, I think him and Portland have got a very good chance to uh, take it all out. To be quite honest, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of analysts and 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 uh, you know bar- basketball theorists around that believe. Um, they're going to be the Lakers' trouble team uh, when it pertains to the West. So um, they'll be playing very good. Uh, as for our Knicks and Knicks fans out there, well, finally, finally, after so many years, we seem to be putting together a competent, uh, smart, uh, bright, uh, future forward thinking uh, front office that I believe is going to finally attract free agents or at least get free agents to look at us and even look at us twice. Um, I think we're on the up and up. Uh, There's obviously still some probably hard decisions to be made along the way. Um, But I I think so far all the hires and all the decisions that have been made has has led me to believe that we're finally on the right track. We finally got 
the, the right coach, I think, that that's needed. Um, and, of course, uh, the hiring of Kenny Payne uh, for, a, for a development side of thing and the way he can connect with players, what he brings to the table, um, that, that's going to be brilliant. And another way it's going to be brilliant, um, us fans can all look at, is um, he, he can help Tibbs uh, and teach Tibbs some things because we all know at sometimes how stubborn Tibbs can be. Um, mm-hmm. We know he's a He's willing to learn, um, and now he's got another great mind that, you know, they can bounce ideas off one another. So I, I think it's actually going to be a good pairing. And, um, yeah, let, let's just all look forward now to the draft, see, see not only who we get at the top of the draft, but who we get out of the rest of our picks, if we even find a sleeper somewhere there, especially at the 27th pick. And, uh, yeah, for, it's, it's good for once to uh, – have a bit of continuity of uh, positive vibes and positive talk on our um, on our Knicks that have been uh, <laughs> no luck whatsoever the last few seasons, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, one, one more question, and I'm going to say my piece and we're going to get out of here. Do you think Mike Woodson will be on the staff? Yes. Yes, I do. I, so, I do. I think he, he's going to be um, – you know, I've been hearing that for a little while now. Um, I think he – he obviously doesn't have a problem working underneath someone. Um, you know, if, if he did, he still obviously wouldn't be showing interest. Um, and he's shown an interest that he wants to come here. Uh, he's been here before we know. He knows New York, knows what it's all about, knows what it takes. And, um, yeah, I, again, I just think it's an, another mind that Tibbs can use. Um, yeah, I, I think it would be another another good hire. Mike Woodson was the guy who had an offense that broke the Knicks record for most three-pointers That's made it. this season. Yeah. So, yes, Knicks, go get me Mike Woodson. James Dolan, <laughs> cut the goddamn checks. Um, but this was a good pod, man. You know, we trying to we trying to get away from being homers now, as what I've yeah. been told a lot of Nick podcasts is. They got a lot of homerism with them, and you know they yeah. they, they they do a lot of. They're not objective enough, so I feel like me and you we're gonna start being more objective. We're gonna we we can start talking about more both sides of the problem. You know, even talking about trading R.J. Barrett that's a tough subject for me. But to hell with it, we gotta it talk is. about it because nobody else going. It, to it. Go ahead. Exactly, and 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 like you know, we, we both pointed out. I mean, yeah, sometimes you got to make those hard decisions, you know. And, and as we were sort of talking from a hypothetical standpoint, you know, if a talent like 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 a Donovan Mitchell's caliber, you know, becomes available by trade, you know, ninety nine point nine percent of GMs are going to look into it. That's their job. They're going to yeah. inquire. They're going to see if it's worthwhile, and if it is worthwhile, they're going to pull the trigger. As much as it might hurt to lose oh, a young bro, talent bro. out oh, in the process, um, yeah, you, you, sometimes you just you just can't help it, you know. Especially for our franchise um, that uh, has been absolutely dismal, uh, and the fan base has just been screaming out for we 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 want to see a winning product, you know. So so when when you when you've got a fan base that's putting the pressure on you like that, and you've been out of the playoffs for so long, and all your decisions up until now have been kind of terrible hires or terrible and putting the wrong people in the wrong spot, you know it it it, it takes a toll, 
and then that it makes it even more harder when you know and pressure um, you know to 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 get that winning team you know together as sort of quick as possible. Um, and you know, with obviously out, uh, without sort of uh, you know leaving yourself in any holes or something you know, financially or or anything like that. And and as I said, you, you, sometimes you got to you know, and you got to you got to make the hard decision. And then we all know, you know, as we said, without being homers and that, we all know any team and any GM looking outside in on the Knicks right now. If they if you, we're coming to them to for a trade, the first name they're going to ask for is RJ Barrett because out of everybody on our roster. He's the one with the most talent. He's the one that, that's got the highest, especially out of the young guys, the highest deal. He's the one who's shown the most. So he's the one who's going to be intriguing most other teams. And, you know, so that's where, where you know, as a fan, we've got to think logical and go, okay, well, if we are wanting someone like a Donovan Mitchell, yeah, we're going to have to be willing and, and get used to the idea that RJ Barrett is very logically going to be included in a trade. So... And, and, and probably um, to get a trade like that done, I, I can see it happening. You know, as I'm with you, I don't like it as much as the next person, but you want that type of calibre player, you have to be willing to, to give. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just – if I'm the Knicks, you got to be smart. Yeah. You got to balk at that. Nah, you can't have R.J. Barrett. But I give him some unprotected first-round picks, though. Yeah. I, I mean – RJ is young. Donovan is young. Booker's young. Exactly. I, the pairing. I, I just I just need a pairing that's going to be long standing, long lasting. And, I, I can't do the Carmelo Anthony trade thing. Because I, I, and, and, and I've also, I'll just add, I mean, you know, we all know when it comes to trade, it's like anything, you know, you could be in the street and you're bartering with someone, you know, over a price. So it's constantly back and forth between the GMs bartering. Well, this is the deal I'm putting for. Oh, okay, well, I don't really like it. Here, I'm going to add this to it, you know, and then, you know, they keep going until they both decide, yep, that's fair, that's fair, right, we've got a deal. So, oh, hey, Leon Rose in the front office, you know, could could pull off a trade for a Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell without having to give up RJ Barrett. All the better for it. Uh, um, you know, all, all the brilliant for it. Um, you know, but, uh, yeah, it, it, all, it all depends, you know. Obviously, you don't know what the, what the other team's going to ask. You don't know how uh, much value they themselves, you know, are sort of looking for and hold the player you're after for. So, you know, and... I just look at it sort of simply from, you know, with Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell, um, type of calibre of players they are and, um, you know, Donovan Mitchell's ceiling still yet. Um, Yeah, you you know that you're going to have to give up a little bit, um, you know. And then there's there's times that there's teams that that will overpay too. Uh, You know, you just look at the Lakers with with Anthony Davis. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of people even still now think that they – Overpaid a little bit, but they 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 needed to do that deal. They were at that point that they were pushed in a corner, and it was kind of just getting out of depth. Well, well, we need to get another star here because we've got LeBron on the back end of his career, and he's not going to mm-hmm. be able to do this by himself. So they they kind of had no choice in that. Um, so yeah, you know, you've got choices like that too. It's like it's like life. You've got hard choices that come and hit you all the time, and. You've just got to try and try and work out the best deal possible, and hope hope to hope to God you can sort of get what you want without sort of overpaying or giving up too too much. Well, 
that's life for you, man. Life is about making tough decisions, man. It's, it, it's I don't know, bro. I, I'm, I'm on the fence about everything. I'm totally against trading RJ Barrett, but some things has to be discussed, regardless. Exactly. Um, I, I, I guess, I guess we could get out of here now. Um, I, I, I'm praying to God we get a top two pick. Um, Nick Nation, we trying to, you know. Keep the info going around. We're trying to talk about everything, getting every kind of topic, you know, any type of heated discussion, heated debate. We're trying to get into it as far as the Knicks is concerned. But I salute y'all. I salute Knicks Nation. My God, Mr. Mitchell, I salute you, brother. This was a great episode. My God. Weeks. We ain't do an episode in weeks. It felt like we just been... We've we, we been rolling. We was rolling on this one. Oh, yeah, brother. Oh, yeah, bro. <laughs> Haven't missed it. <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. And um, I guess right after the lottery on Thursday, I guess we're going to be on. I guess we're going to talk. I, now, Thursday after the lottery, me and you will definitely have more of a point of uh, uh, more of an idea of where the Knicks is going to go. Yeah, so, it's exactly. a Salute, Nick Nation. I'm out of here. Stay to the New York Knicks podcast. It's your boy, Flizzy, with my guy, Mr. Mitchell. We out of here. Peace. Peace.